Well, if you haven't had enough uh, discussion about uh, coin flips, uh, let's just get to it right now, yeah. Bill Keenest. Uh, he's Bill <laughs> Keenest. I'm Sean Belegian. We're wow. flip-flopping tonight. All right? So yeah. Gridiron yes. Rap is now, and yes. Sports Rap is an hour from now. And I'll be in uh, for Sports Rap. So uh, buckle up. Lots to do. I say hello to my pal, uh, Mr. Keenest. How are you, Bill? Very good, Sean. What? How lucky are we? I mean, what another a great uh, game that we're uh, literally watching um, as it goes into overtime. Amazing. You had such a fantastic point right before we went on the air yeah. about what you saw happen at halftime because this looked like the Kansas City team that we yeah. last saw that no. just was going to do whatever they wanted up and down the field, and that stopped. It sure did, and, and – you know, obviously a couple. Th- oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Uh, I'm sorry. I gotta. I gotta not watch the TV. But uh, the Bengals almost had a pick that may have been six to end the game. But um, go back to the end of the first half, and what five seconds to go? And I'm sure Andy Reid told Mahomes, "Go to the end zone. You got five. I'm sure all that was discussed. But that, that's a situation where you have a, a bucking Bronco like Patrick Mahomes, right? And you almost got to say, you know what? Take the saddle off. Uh, you're going to go in the stable for halftime and kick that field goal. Because what they did, um, what they did was, was allow the Bengals to win at the end of the first half. And that, you know, in some respects, in football vernacular, that was their only win. They go in at halftime, and the Bengals DC Lou Anamuro, I believe is how you pronounce his name. I'll tell you what, the adjustments they made were—I don't want to say historic, but they were phenomenal. And what we were talking about <clears throat> when the uh, Chiefs had that last series, the last couple of plays, especially that third down before the tying field goal, they were almost playing like a, a, a zone, like like Tom Izzo. Or Juwan Howard would draw up, right? Because they've got their 3D linemen. They're not chasing him as much as they're protecting the areas on the field. And they're allowing him to come to them a little bit. And they know he eventually will because his greatness is such physically that that's just the way he plays the game. And, And they played that so soundly and so confidently. Um, and, and they they weren't uh, anxious about it. They were patient. The defense was playing patient, and it worked. And they, uh, you know, they forced the field goal, and now they do get a turnover on an interception, and they got this, this rookie field goal kicker that has, I don't even know if he has nitrogen in his veins. I think that's colder than ice. Is that right? Look yeah, that, that is. That is. Um and what wow 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 what what a what another great day for football unbelievable it re- it really is and uh yes evan mcpherson is a young man that has kicked a few big field goals before in case yeah. you are not able to watch bengal's ball in kansas city territory they just picked up a first down down to the kansas city 41 and yes they can win the game with a field goal right. since they picked off a pass. So right. uh, wouldn't that be something? Bill, I want to go back. You and I 
uh, when we bid everybody adieu last week, yeah. of course it was before the late game. Um, right. I, I can't stand overstatements in this business. They drive me out of my mind. Mm-hmm. That was arguably the most fun I had watching a non-lion <laughs> game in, in the history of my life. And I, I tweeted as such. I, I get, yeah. you know, we're so pro. This was the greatest ever. That was a, right. I had more fun. My son and I were sitting in the front room, Bill. I'm not yep. laughing or joking. Bill, we were laughing. You yeah. just, you had no, you, it was glee. It was mm-hmm. enjoyment. It was everything. I don't remember a game like that. I just don't. It was all the emotions that uh, we are blessed with as human beings watching that game. And uh, it was amazing. It was remarkable. And it it reminds us again why we love sports, why we love football, why we love the NFL. And it's, again, a reminder, like today, like today's game, the emotion that factors in to every game, the momentum, all those things you don't see on the stat sheet at the end of the game, right? But are just as important. And we've talked about it before, Sean, in, in almost every head coach's office, you'll see a sign somewhere. It'll say mental to physical, 90% to 10%. And we saw that last week, the emotion of that game. And look at these Bengals. Holy crap, Sean. It's incredible. I mean, and you know what's beautiful about it? We talked about it last week. And I, I mentioned that the thing that I loved most among many attributes of their young quarterback, and I think it applies to the whole team, it was when Joe Burrow said, we don't know what we don't know. Yep. We don't know that we're supposed to fold at halftime an arrowhead of an AFC championship game. We don't know we're supposed to not come back and take the lead against the mighty Chiefs. We don't know that. So they went out and did it. And, I mean, I think everybody in Detroit can relate to the Bengals right now. And they were not not that many years ago, Sean. They were uh, where the Lions have been recently. And look at the oh my goodness, um, they're 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 right there. They are right there, Joe Mixon with a beautiful run. They are right there, Sean. And and now now we talk about emotion and confidence. Don't you think entering overtime, even though Kansas City did tie it, they didn't win it at the yeah. end of regulation. They always yep. win it at the end of regulation. Yep. Not only did they not tie it on third down, Mahomes got sacked for a 20-yard loss or whatever it was. That doesn't happen. So the mental aspect of this game, the emotion of this game, just another reminder of why we love it. Um, the Cincinnati Bengals, they're, they're a field goal away. Now, yep. it hasn't happened yet. No. We, we know. <laughs> when, we, when we count those uh, Bengal stripes before they're hatched, we can't do that, but uh, holy mackerel, what a day, what a game. You know, Bill, many years ago, I, I hate to dredge up some bad memory for Lions fans, but many years ago when a Bengal fan was complaining to me about, you know, what what a bad franchise that they were and everything, I, I told him, I said, mm-hmm. I want you to pick one, just one of the years that you went to the Super Bowl. You yeah. don't even have to pick two. Pick right. one of them. And he yeah. said, uh, he goes, all right, I'll go. How about the year that we played uh, in, in Detroit, as a matter of mm-hmm. fact? I go, all right, the mm-hmm. 81 season. I said, do you realize in the 1981 playoffs, you had more playoff wins that year that I've seen in my whole life? Man, count your yeah. blessings. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was like, no way. And I said, I'm serious. I've seen <laughs> one. I've seen one. Yeah. So 
as, as right. bad as they've had it, you know, there, there was those darn good teams that unfortunately, oh, yeah. going back to the 80s, they happened to run into a guy by the name of Joe Montana who ripped mm-hmm. their heart out in particular in the second one. Right. But he did it both times. He did. And you think about the game the game at the Silverdome uh, still showing the highest rated Super Bowl ever. Yeah. And a lot of reasons for that. Uh, I think probably the big one that day was the weather across the uh, almost the entire United States, but certainly the eastern part of the country. It was frigid. Nobody was going anywhere. Everybody was staying in just watching the game. And um, but in that game, uh, the Bengals were this close. They were this close. That was that goal line stand. Dan Buns was the linebacker for the 49ers. And uh, he made a goal line tackle. I, I don't know if it was Pete Johnson. Pete Johnson. Yeah, Pete, there you Pete go. Johnson. <laughs> Who was as big a running back as the league had seen in, in that era. And he stoned them on fourth down. And, and they lose uh, a one-score game. And then down in uh, Miami, I worked that game, uh, the Bengals uh, 49ers second Super Bowl. And Joe Cole, Joe Montana, you know, just – you know, he, he just takes the, the soul out of the Bengals, as we've heard someone mention uh, in the last week with that last second drive, hits John Taylor on that touchdown pass, and uh, and Sam Weich and Bill Walsh walk off the field together. Sam worked for Bill. Bill was a mentor and a dear friend, and I, that, was, uh, that was Bill's last game, as I recall. That was his last uh, game as head coach of the 49ers. Still one of my favorite stories, and I'm sure you know it, Bill, but uh, all the Niner players were talking after the game. How cool mm-hmm. is Joe Montana? It is white knuckle time. Yeah, They're in the huddle on that last mm-hmm. drive, and Joe Montana breaks the ice by saying, hey, isn't that John Candy? And and to a man, they all said when that happened, they knew they knew darn well yeah. they were going to win that game. And speaking of winning that game, <laughs> do you like how I timed that up? The Cincinnati <laughs> Bengals are, are going to the Super to the Bowl. Super Bowl. <laughs> and you know what? The rookie kicker, <laughs> you know, he doesn't know what he doesn't know. And uh, holy, you talk about David. You know, knocking off Goliath in, in the majority of the country's eyes. That's what this was. Not when it came to the Bengals. Not when it came to Joe Burrow and to uh, Evan McPherson, the rookie kicker, and that defense and that adjustment at halftime, which was incredible. I mean, the the I mean, there were tweets, Sean, and you probably saw some of them. There were tweets and comments in the first half about, oh, my gosh, you know, we had such a great week last week or weekend with football. Now we're going to get one of these games like it was over. Yeah. Well, guess what? <laughs> it wasn't over. And uh, and even even watching Burrow on the sideline, just calmly with a smile, hugging his head coach, and uh, like, you know what? I expected this. Of course we were going to win today. I told you that. And uh, wow, 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 wow. How cool is that? Yeah, the Bengals' first time as AFC champions since the 1988 season. Uh, Bill Keenest, I was a senior in high school, to put that in perspective for (laughs) you. Uh, How long ago that was. And, of course, uh, as you mentioned, uh, the San Francisco 49ers knocked them off by a score yeah. of 20 to 16 in that Super Bowl down in Miami. John right. Taylor catching a touchdown 
uh, with 34 seconds left. So congratulations to the, it's still called the Queen City, right? If yes, it is. Yeah. The Queen City. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They'll be, they'll be the, the Kings City. tonight. In addition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They'll be the Kings tonight. Uh, the AFC, at least. Yeah. Uh, as as Eric Dort said, I was born in 1988. <laughs> so that keeps it in perspective yeah. for you. So, yeah, no doubt. Uh, of course, uh, we'll talk about that and we'll find out oh, in about uh, three hours plus mm-hmm. who the NFC yeah. representative will be as well. More on that, including a hiring in the high school ranks that I have to get into <laughs> as well. Yeah. Uh, You're listening to Gridiron Rap. So glad you wow. could join us. He's Bill Keenest. I'm Sean Belegian. Right here on 760 WJR. Evan McPherson, 31-yard field goal with 9.26 to go in overtime. Sends the Cincinnati Bengals to a 27-24 victory over the Kansas City Chief and out to L.A. for the Super Bowl. Uh, Just a fantastic run here by the Cincinnati Bengals. And, uh, you you know, Bill, honestly, not only is it more of the selling hope for the NFL that that Mm -hmm. teams all over the league, yes, like the Lions, can say, well, this is what can happen when you get that franchise changer. And that's exactly what Joe Burrow is. Make no mistake about it. But you talk about what they had to do. They had to knock off the Raiders. They Mm -hmm. had to go into the number one seed, Tennessee, Mm -hmm. and knock them off in their place. And they had to go into the number two seed, Kansas City, and knock them off in their Mm -hmm. place. Uh, Bill, I guess that's my long-winded way of saying they earned this AFC title. No question, Sean. You're absolutely correct. And then you think about just getting to that position where they could host that game against the Raiders, the Ravens, the Steelers, the Browns. Nobody expected the Bengals at the beginning of the season to have better years than either than any of those three teams. Nobody did except the Bengals. Yep. And, and then I told you uh, I was fortunate to have the, the first uh, round game against the Raiders. And, you know, we're obviously happy for, for sport in general when the underdog wins. But just the memory, and, and we talked about it, the fans at that game that stood the whole game, Sean, that first playoff game. They stood the whole game, and I don't know. I'm getting chills thinking about it because that's why we love this sport, what it does for a community, what it does for a city, a region, what it does for anybody when, when just as you said, it gives you hope. Yep. And, uh, you know, just, just watching the way that that city reacted and, and watching the live feed that I'm watching – um, of the players on the side on the field getting ready for the trophy presentation you got you got 300 pound men in tears kneeling on the field tears of joy and happiness uh for the Bengals I mean that's beautiful there's no other way to put it it's just it's a kid's game played by men but it's a game that we all love every every uh every bit of it especially when you can witness something like this Absolutely. And uh, I mean, hats off to the Cincinnati Bengals, to be sure. Bill, while we have a moment between uh, games, of course, as we're all looking forward to seeing Matthew Stafford and the Rams, uh, what is your take on the latest debate of uh, the overtime rules in the playoffs? (laughs) I am all for, Bill, playing 10 minutes 
and let's see what happens after 10 minutes. And if nothing's settled after 10 minutes, you put a double overtime on there, like, mm-hmm. like a hockey game. I'm all for it at this yeah. level, at this point of the season. Yeah. Is that something that's, that's, you know, the NFL is, is, is possibly looking at? Well, I, I'm certain, I mean, as certain as I can be with no inside information, but I got to believe at the league meetings this year with the competition committee is much attention that was given to last weekend's game that it will be looked at. Um, And in my opinion, Sean, and I have very strong feelings about this, what I believe should be done and by every measure and, and certainly uh, almost any sport, um, the, the rules change in the playoffs. Okay, mm-hmm. so let's give that. That's a granted. The rules are going to change. We get that. But here's what, after you and I talked a lot about it last weekend on the show, here's what hit me with, like a ton of bricks. And, and if I'm wrong, you know, correct me on this. But the NFL is the only professional sport, okay, where you go into overtime and the rules that are set up now are such that not every component of the team can determine the outcome. What do I mean by that? What we saw last week, I mean, just basically, okay, there's there's six units to a game. There's offense, defense, special teams for both teams. That's six units, right? Okay. Each of those units contributed to that game getting to overtime, right? Overtime, Kansas City wins a toss. The Bengals or the, excuse me, the Bills offense didn't see the field. The Chiefs defense didn't see the field in overtime. That's the, it's the only sport where that happens. Yep. And I think just by that reality alone, we need to look at this and say, what got us to that point, everybody did, all 53 players, all units. How can we have a structure for the most important, period of the game obviously to determine the winner and who goes on and not allow by design by rule potentially not allow two of those units to a third of those units not to see the field yep and and to me that that i think alone and i'm not saying change it dramatically just guarantee both teams offense will have the ball that's all. I don't think it. And and of course, you know, you get in with the, you know, the safety factor and this and that, and we all get that. Um, but but right now, the game's set up where it could go on in perpetuity. I mean, yeah. it could. Okay, look at what what hockey has done over the years. Some of those three, four, five, six overtime periods that that have had to be played to determine a winner. I don't think that is a reason not to allow the competition to be level in the sense that each of the units that got them to overtime should have a chance to win it in overtime. And what I'm talking about is offense, defense, special teams of both teams. That's my strong feeling. Bill, I got no problem with that whatsoever. I I really don't. I mean, look, some of the beautiful things, and again, I know what a hockey fan you are, yeah. Some of the beautiful things are some of those long overtime mm-hmm. games. And, and yeah. if you ask the players, 
they'd rather decide it like that too. Hey, give us that opportunity. Don't go to a shootout like a regular season right. game. Let us end the game. And uh, I'm with you. I think that's what makes football such a great game. So you'd yeah. like to see all facets of the game. I'm going to be very interested to see if that's something that they take a strong look at this yeah. off season because boy, you heard, and maybe, maybe it's because of Twitter. I, I, I don't know. Uh, unfortunately, very <clears throat> unnecessary. Did I say that evil in our world today? <laughs> but yeah. um, uh, boy, it sure seems like the the winds of change are blowing in that regard. To yeah, be sure. All right, uh, listen, we're up against a break before mm-hmm. we come back, Bill. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, this Rams Niners game before mm-hmm. things get started. Some local news of note as mm-hmm. well. Don't go anywhere. It's Gridiron Wrap. So glad you could join us on a Sunday night right here on 760 WJR. Welcome back in. It is Gridiron Wrap here on 760 WJR. He is Bill Keenest. I'm Sean Belegian. And again, the Bengals, congratulations to Cincinnati. They are going to the Super Bowl. The Bengals knocked off the Chiefs in overtime by a score of 27 to 24. Of course, uh, kicking off in mere moments, we think, the Niners and Rams from Inglewood, uh, that beautiful stadium, SoFi Stadium, which will also be the site of the Super Bowl. And uh, Bill, as you know, the NFL has has become bad and nationwide. They have offices in New York. They have yeah. offices in California. They're everywhere. But mm-hmm. by all accounts, that is just a beautiful stadium. Boy, it sure looks that way out in L.A. Yeah, it's so unique. And everybody I've talked to, um, including some Lions personnel, you know, played out there this year. League people say it's just it's fantastic and it's unique because it's technically not covered, but it is. It's open. You get the breeze, you get the air. And uh, yeah, the NFL Network studios are out there and L.A. is a big market. I mean, it's it, it was kind of remarkable all those years that we did not have a team there. Uh, we, the NFL, now we have two. And, uh, you know, it, it, it will be interesting to see the, uh, the crowd for the, um, for the game tonight. I, I, I still got to believe there'll be a ton of 49er fans there, you know. Um, but as I would tell Matthew and the Rams, you went on the road last week. So, you know, you're used to crowd noise if, if, uh, if that becomes apparent and becomes a reality. So. Well, one of the old adages, and I think we brought it up either last week or the week before, is it's tough to beat a team three times yeah. in one season. And that's yeah. what San Francisco is going to have to do. Of right. course, uh, Frisco already knocked off the Rams 31-10 to mm-hmm. uh, in San Francisco. And then mm-hmm. the last game of the season mm-hmm. in L.A., 27-24 in overtime. And, uh, Bill, I'll tell you what, when I was a kid, I, I, I remember some of the classics, and I know you saw one. Uh, Dallas and Washington divisional rivals meeting mm-hmm. in that game at RFK. I remember the year before it was Dallas and Philly uh, mm-hmm. meeting at uh, Old yeah. Veteran Stadium. Yeah. Uh, and I, I remember playing his day. It's a divisional rivals. We've seen it happen uh, yeah. quite a few times in the past. No doubt. And uh, you just uh, you think back. I mean, I grew up in Pittsburgh and all those Steelers, Bengals, you know, Steelers, Browns rivalries, they've met in the playoffs before. I mean, the Lions, we played Green Bay uh, two consecutive years in the playoffs, 93 and 94. In 93, we, we played them week 16, won that game to win the division, the last division championship uh, at the Silverdome. 
And then we had to turn around and play them on Saturday the next week. And that was the Sterling Sharp game. Um, and then the following year we played at Green Bay. That was the, you know, uh, the game that I'll forever, <laughs> I'll forever be convinced that the grounds crew for Lambeau took a vacation. Uh, I think in October and didn't come back till February. And uh, did it stop Barry Sanders? Yeah, it kind of did. But uh, but the field, the grass was high, it was sloppy, it was wet, it was muddy, and it worked perfectly for the Packers that day. Uh, but despite all that, that was the game. It came down to the last minute. Dave Craig threw a pass to Herman Moore in the back of the end zone. He caught it, tried to toe tap, but one foot was out of bounds. But for that split second, you thought we had won the game, and then the official gives the incomplete out-of-bounds call, and uh, the heart sank um, with that call. But, yeah, it's it's pretty – it is hard. It is hard to win three times in a row uh, over an opponent. But I also think this. I remember after the uh, the 49ers beat the Rams in week – what was it, 17, 18 now, whatever, whatever yeah. we're calling it, with the uh, the extra game. I honestly thought, and I think we talked about it on the show, I honestly thought uh, that it might have been a better draw for the Rams the way it worked out. I, I really do, because uh, it's not so much who you play, it's when you play them. And I just really thought that that worked out. And Arizona lost that day as well. So I thought it worked out okay for the Rams. Um you know, playing uh, Arizona in the in the uh, first round, and then having a sh- a shot to go down to Tampa and do what they did last week. Yeah, it, it, boy, it, it, you know it's funny. A lot of times you hear this term in the NFL, Bill. I'm sure you've heard it more times. You can shake it, shake a stick at uh, a team or a player has it. Well, what is yeah. it? You know it when you see it. Okay. Yeah. The Niners have it. They just find yeah. a way. They, they you do. know, and there and there's something to be said about that. Look. I'm going to say point blank. I do like the Rams today. Mm-hmm. I, I I think that Matthew's going to punch his ticket, and mm-hmm. they're going to find a way today. But anybody who counts out the Niners, I, you can't do it. No. You simply can't do it. I mean, what else do you need to see? Well, and, and you're talking, you use the phrase, what do you need to see? And I believe what you just shed, said, Sean. I, I haven't been in the, the 49ers' new facility but I remember going out there in the 90s at their old facility, and you walk past those Super Bowl trophies every day. Those players walk in there, and they see those Super Bowl trophies every day. It has an impact. If you can see, it affects you. And there's something almost in the DNA of organizations like that, you know, the Steelers, the Patriots, um, even the Giants, you know, they, they've fallen on hard times. But the 49ers, they have, you know, I mean, what what Eddie DeBartolo Jr. did with that franchise in the late 70s, 80s, and 90s was remarkable. And they were the dominant franchise, you know. And then the same with Dallas. You know, you see those trophies every day. So I do believe it has a, an, an impact on you. You're human. Um, and then just the history of it. It becomes a part of your DNA. Now, that doesn't guarantee it success, but it, it can absolutely help. Absolutely help. Uh, by the way, Bill, I, I I would be remiss if I didn't mention this. You were talking about uh, a boy and, and growing up in Pittsburgh. I a Boy, mm-hmm. going back for me, I'm sure you remember it better than I do. 
couple of those classic matchups against the Houston Oilers. Oh playoffs. my gosh. The yeah. Mike Renfro play. I, yes. I remember yes. a boy. I remember that. Uh, Bill, I must have been eight at the time. I, you know, and I, yeah. I remember watching that, and it was like he caught that. He, yeah. and, and then of course I had that same memory with Calvin Johnson in 2010. Yeah. We'll save that argument for another day. But uh, mm-hmm. some classic matchups between then divisional rivals, the Steelers and the, the Oilers. It they really were, and I think in many respects, the Steeler fans they knew that the team they were going to play in the Super Bowl after those games. They they weren't the second best team in the NFL. They had just beaten them, the the Oilers under Bum Phillips. They had a phenomenal team, Earl Campbell, and and I mean they were such a good team. And you know, in many respects, like the Lions, the last how many decades with the Packers being in the division, you go from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you know, no division has had sustained quarterbacking at that level. I don't believe. From one team, I don't believe. Um, but yeah, the Oilers games and the one in particular, I mean, you think about that, Sean. That was clearly a catch. He got both feet in. It was a icy, cold, snowy day. But Renfro made a play that that might have been the catch. Yeah. In the history and yeah. the annals of professional football. That might have been the play that everybody refers to as the catch not the one at Candlestick uh, and Dwight Clark because it was a remarkable play. The official immediately rolled him out of bounds and uh, the replays, which weren't in, in, you know, in vogue back then as far as determining an outcome of the game, clearly showed that he was in bounds. Yeah, uh, absolutely phenomenal. Of course, second game getting underway. Hey, mm-hmm. while we have a second, want to want to say congratulations to your son. What a great blessing yeah. and a, a fantastic job that he just picked up. Tell everybody about it, Bill. Yeah, Billy um, just got named the head coach at Holly High School, the Bronchos, the Broncos. And uh, he's thrilled. He's been teaching up there uh, for the last year. And he loves the fact that he'll be in the building with those kids. Um, you know, the Flint Metro League, that's where where the boys, my sons and uh, daughter grew up playing in. And he's always had a, a an affection and affinity toward the Flint Metro League teams. You know, the, the old Lapeer teams and Linden, Schwartz Creek, Holly, um, Fenton. Um, and uh, he is thrilled. Uh, as much as he's happy and excited, he's, you know, it, it, it tears your heart out that he's got to leave the kids in the program at Troy Athens, great people down there, great community. His athletic directors were phenomenal. The support was wonderful, but uh, to be able to, to be a head coach for a high school where you're teaching, I, I think, especially in today's age it is so valuable for not only him as a coach, but for the, for the school district as well. I think it's, it's really what you want. And, uh, and he can't wait to get started. Well, I'll tell you what, Bill, I, I, I know I've said this to you before. I am somebody, I love going out to games on Friday nights and I, yeah. I I'll go anywhere. I, I have a feeling I might be meeting you one night in, in uh, <laughs> Holly. Is it yeah. where I, from where I'm at? I honestly, it's about a 35 minute drive to get up yeah. there. I would love to go see a game up uh, there. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll make sure fall. that happens. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So yeah. congratulations. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's a, that's a fantastic job. And, and yes, 
it's Bronco C H O at the end. Yeah, somebody's well, going to have to explain right. that. Right. Well, me, I have already asked that question. Oh, and good. As Billy told me, he asked it too. And you know, way back when, uh, the powers that be wanted people to know that this Bronco is from Holly. Okay, it's the Holly Broncos or Bronchos, and so they added the H to signify Holly. So that's uh, that's the answer that I got. So we're sticking with it, <laughs> that, and that makes sense, no yeah. doubt about it. Yeah, we'll we'll be keeping an eye on uh, Holly to be sure, and their new head coach uh, Billy Keenest. Uh, definitely, good luck to Holly you, and the Broncos. Yeah, Broncos. Okay, we'll I'll, Broncos. I'll, I'll, uh, yeah, we'll go with Broncos. Yeah. All right, one last segment here on Gridiron Rep. Don't go anywhere. He's Bill Keenest. I'm Sean Belegian. So glad you could join us on 760 WJR. All right, welcome back in. So glad you could join us. Final segment of the show on a Sunday night. Don't forget, Sports Rap is next. Yeah, we switched it around because we had a feeling, Bill, that uh, any listeners that we had uh, probably went the way of the dodo bird and they're watching the game right now. Uh, there's yeah, just no so. other way to say that, at least the yeah. football fans out there. But uh, right. we'll be talking about uh, all things sports coming mm -hmm. up uh, with Sports Wrap. Uh, Niners and Rams right now, no score. Uh, Rams with a third and seven on their own. 36 yard line and and bill one of the guys that i just love to watch in the national football mm -hmm. league and i want to get your take on him and maybe if there's a, a, a comparison you can think of i'm sorry to put you on the spot mm -hmm. like that but uh debo samuel is just Ugh. so fun to watch yeah is there anybody he reminds you of is is there somebody in you know in in, in the annals of your long and, and illustrious history in the nfl that Wow, Debo equals mm -hmm. blank because I've it, been racking my brain and right. I, I can't think of anybody. I really can't either because I think the credit goes to the coaching staff at the 49ers sure. for using him the way they do. Mm -hmm. Because you're you're sort of set into a a, a mold. You know, when you come into the league, you're going to be this or that. But the way they use him, uh, the Swiss Army knife, <laughs> you know, analogy comes into play. It's remarkable. And he is so impactful and what a great player i mean i i am truly truly impressed with him and uh boy oh boy I, I if you can if you can neutralize him or limit i don't know if you ever neutralize a player like that um but if you can neutral or limit a guy like that uh, knowing he's gonna inflict some damage but but not too much you you'll have a shot but um man is he a good player i mean he's like one of these these guys that you know, from the, the, I mean, Travis Williams, I remember him was a returner and a running back with the, uh, the Packers back in the sixties and seventies. And, um, you know, you rarely have players playing multiple units like that today because everybody's afraid that they'll get hurt. Sure. You know, your roster limits and today it's the salary cap implications that go along with injuries. So, um, but man, you're right. You picked, you picked out a good one there. He is. He is such a factor. Yeah, you know what? It, it's it's funny those guys that make you jump out of your seat, and and it, it's yeah. I don't know when I this is gonna sound silly. I'm not saying I'm comparing the guy to him, but a guy that you're very familiar with uh, came out of your backyard from Pitt when I was a boy. Mm -hmm. um, Billy Sims and Tony Dorsett were the two yeah. guys for me 
they, they literally made me jump jump out of yeah. my seat. I mean, I, I told you before, I Billy was just the world to me. And I, right. I flat out told Billy to his face, I said, hey, I'm going to try my best not to fanboy with you. Yeah. But eight-year-old Sean sees you and he kind of takes over and he had a chuckle. Yeah. I felt that way about Tony Dorsett. He was yeah. he was just such an explosive player. I loved yeah. watching him play. He was. I, I had the great fortune of watching a lot of his college football games at Pitt Stadium. And he had the nickname. He got the nickname Hawk because he was like a hawk. He would see that hole and be gone just like that, you know. And some of those games he had in college – against Notre Dame were just classic. He said he had over 300 yards rushing once against Notre Dame. And this is Notre Dame, you know, the era Parsegian, Dan Devine, you know, great era. Lindsey Nelson on Sunday morning, <laughs> Notre Dame, right? The highlight show. Um, he had some great games against Notre Dame, against, against Penn State, because Penn State was the team in Pennsylvania until Johnny Majors took over at Pitt. And Tony Dorsett was one of his first recruits. And uh, you're right. With respect to Billy Sims, in my humble opinion, <laughs> I think Billy Sims should be in the Hall of Fame. Will oh. he be? Probably not. But Billy Sims is a Hall of Fame talent. And anybody from that era that you mentioned that to agrees. Billy Sims was phenomenal. I mean, I remember him. My first year with the Lions was – the year after he got hurt and everybody thought he was going to play. Um, it was an ACL today. He would have played. It would have been repaired and he'd have been on it nine months later. I mean, look at Cam Akers in the, in the uh, Rams backfield, you know, he got hurt with an Achilles early this year and he's playing right now. Yeah. So the technology is so far advanced, but not only was he a great player, Billy Sims is a tremendous guy, just a tremendous guy. Um, just love him, just love him to death. And, um, so, uh, yeah, I, I totally agree. Billy and, and, uh, and, uh, Dorsett were tremendous, uh, yeah, tremendous I, players. Boy, Billy, Billy Sims, you take a look at those numbers and especially you do got to consider, uh, some of those teams that he played for weren't very good. We'll leave it at that. Yeah. Over 5,100 yards rushing in his career, right. average four and a half Four and a half a pop. He had 42 touchdowns. Also contributed out of the backfield as a receiver. Uh, Bill, absolute no-brainer to me. I, I yeah. Quite frankly, I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet, uh, especially with you know some of those veteran uh, committees right. that are banging the drums. I, Drew Pearson was a guy that that, yeah. that was long overdue. Right. Speaking right. of another cowboy, I, I hope they – uh, right that wrong and eventually get Billy in. No doubt about right. that. And you know what, Sean? He was hurt, I believe, in the ninth game of the 84 season, right? At Minnesota on that that old tartan turf up there. Walker Lee Ashley was the linebacker that hit him. Um, and uh, he was statistically, he, he was having his best year ever after nine games. So who knows what he could have done, would have done if he hadn't gotten hurt. But um, so be it, unfortunately. Yeah. Matthew Stafford uh, picked off right yeah. at the goal line. Uh, the Niners return it out to the 23-yard line, so it's Niner ball. No score uh, about midway point of the first quarter. So yeah. uh, definitely looking at a dandy here. I don't think anybody thought this game was going to be a blowout one way or no. the other. The, the Niners are just too darn good. They're just going to yeah. stick around. Yeah. I'll say this though. 
Um, watch Jimmy Garoppolo's ball. I, I, I hate to play doctor. I can't stand mm-hmm. doing it, but I'm going to do it anyway. He just doesn't look right, Bill. I'm just going to yeah. leave it at that. Jimmy Garoppolo just doesn't look right right now. We'll see. Yeah, he. I mean, he's been injured on and off the whole season. So uh, that has to have an impact. I mean, I remember Matthew at the end of the 16 season when we had three games, you know, that would have won us the division, but he had the broken finger yep. and it affected him. It, I mean, for a quarterback uh, to have any kind of injury, it's going to impact you. No your doubt. legs, your feet, your entire body goes into making those throws. Look forward to chatting with you again next week. Yep. Congratulations to Billy Keenis, the new yep. head coach at Holly as well. Thanks as always, Eric Dorch. Thank you for Bill Keenis. I'm Sean Belegian. Good night from Gridiron Rap.